Radio Influence. Podcasting redefined. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matchups in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Oh, it is here and we are pumped. We are ready for the college football season in particular to get underway in earnest. Two games last weekend, NFL season upcoming, and we are back with the underdogs and uh, and a lot of them. Happy to be with you on a yet another season of Three Dog Thursday with the games to be played. Coming up, I am your somewhat capable host. He is senior handicapper, VegasInsider.com, Kevin Rogers. Our preview show is now in the books. We did have some college football action last weekend. It's now Labor Day weekend. Happy college football, sir, with predictions upcoming. Yeah, week zero is now in the books. So we get set for week number one with plenty of action all throughout the weekend. And then we uh, have NFL starting up next week. So it's about that time. We're here, conference action for a couple teams early on, and uh, it'll be a good time. Yeah, we will have a lot of fun talking both college and NFL when that comes around. So no NFL on the field. We'll get to college football underdog predictions in a few moments. Since we launched with the preview show a couple of weeks ago, a couple of interesting things in the NFL, some sudden uh, developments. At the time that we are taping now, the New York Jets have just traded Teddy Bridgewater to the New Orleans Saints uh, the, the deal reportedly is for multiple draft picks, at least a couple of draft picks here. Does it surprise you, Kevin Rogers, as good as Bridgewater looked in uh, preseason, that it's not a team that maybe was in a little bit more need, maybe it's the Saints going for him in the event that something happens to seemingly the indestructible Drew Brees? What's your reaction about the, the Jets making that move? I think it's a win-win for both sides. You know, they use Bridgewater as an insurance policy for Darnold, and, you know, Josh McCown is now their backup, and, and McCown is more than capable of anything if Darnold struggles or he gets hurt. And for Bridgewater, you know, going to New Orleans, he's still a young guy. I mean, I don't think he's done yet, but, you know, Drew Brees, if he ends up getting hurt, you know, we always talk about these guys never getting hurt, and they could get hurt. And if they do, who are the Saints turn to, at least with Bridgewater, you know, he is somewhat of a proven NFL quarterback, and you could plug him right in. So I think the Jets, you know, they used him for as much as they could. They got some draft picks out of him. And the Saints now have someone in their back pocket because who knows how much longer Drew Brees is really going to be around. I mean, even if Bridgewater's in play this year, if he stays along with New Orleans, he could be, I'm not the quarterback of the future, but he could be the guy that can replace Drew Brees. So. I think it's a win-win for both teams. Well, and keep in mind, too, Sean Payton, obviously an offensive mind. You know this. Our audience knows this. So he sees something that's there. And the Jets did not give up really anything to get Teddy Bridgewater uh, and bring him on board. So uh, And play, paying him essentially the, vet, the veteran league minimum. 
Uh, and this does signal Sam Darnold now will start apparently week one. Uh, there have been recent cases with that, with teams just going ahead and saying, hey, the rookie is going to be our guy from the very beginning. I experienced that as part of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers radio broadcast with Jameis Winston as the number one overall pick in 2015. Marcus Mariota was the number two overall pick as the quarterback by the Titans. They both started uh, right away. Um, and there have been other examples in, in recent uh, memory, too, where a quarterback was at Cam Newton, the same thing, plugged in right away as a number one overall pick, et cetera, et cetera. So the Jets going Darnold in the number one media-crazed market there. Uh, I mean, we don't know that for certain, but I mean, you have to believe with trading Bridgewater, this is not Josh McCown to start the season. We're speculating here, Kevin, but you got to believe that's Darnold to start the season for New York. I just don't understand why you have a draft pick that high and you're going to keep him on the bench, you know, and say, okay, this guy or this veteran is going to do it and let him learn. No, no, let Sam Darnold learn on the field. Yes, David Carr got destroyed in Houston on an expansion team with no offensive line. And you know what, Sam Darnold, he's ready for this. He played at USC. He had a nice high school career. Like, this is a guy that, you know, he can take it. I really believe that. He's going to New York. He can take it. That I don't know why. The situation in Cleveland's different. You know, that, that Tyrod Taylor is someone who has been in the playoffs and he's still in the prime of his career. Baker Mayfield, they're not sure about. Okay, they can wait on it. But really... Is the Jets' better option Josh McCown? You know, I don't think that's the case. And Bridgewater, they just brought him in, I think, as a just-in-case. I think that's what it was. And they see Darnold can be the guy. He's going to make mistakes. It's going to be a little bit of a process. But why not see what you got with him? And and you might as well. And then maybe he makes the Jets somewhat competitively early. Yeah, maybe so. And a couple of other examples. Andrew Luck was drafted number one overall by the Colts, and they went to him right away. Jared Goff drafted number one overall back two or three years ago, and they did not go to him right away. They were playing Case Keenum and others. Uh, in that scenario, Carson Wentz was drafted right behind him by the Eagles, and the Eagles did not go to Wentz right away in year one. So it just varies from team to team. We'll wait to see. Josh Rosen has been hurt for the Cardinals. Doesn't look like he. It's Sam Bradford and Mike Glennon that will probably start the season for Arizona. Josh Allen in Buffalo, probably not going to start the regular season opener. They've got Nathan Peterman. They've got A.J. McCarron. That's a bit of an age injury question mark, but it appears – that the Jets will go with Sam Darnold out of that that quarterback class. A little bit more NFL, then we'll get to the college football games and start picking underdogs, which is what we do here as part of Three Dog Thursday. Not gotten a chance to get your reaction, Kevin, to Adrian Peterson, who is neither 58 or 68 years old, but he's old. Uh, signing on with the Washington Redskins, he wowed the Redskins in their in the individual workout. They went ahead because of injury. Darius Geis, their second-round running back pick out of LSU, tore his knee up in the preseason. Peterson at the time, we're talking, looked pretty good in his one preseason game. Is he going to give them anything in the NFC East here? Does he have some tread left on the tires? What do you think? It's really amazing how this guy was the class of the running backs in the NFL and then he had the issue a few years ago off the field, and it just began, you know, his decline in a sense. And, you know, he went to the Saints, didn't work out, was with Arizona. I think he had one good game with Arizona. And now he's in Washington. I mean, I don't mind them taking a flyer on him. I mean, you might as well. I don't think you have other options unless you're bringing John Riggins out of retirement. I don't really think you have a lot of <laughs> options there, you know, in Washington. But, you see what he has, but unfortunately, I think he's probably done. But 
you know what? I never have a problem with a low risk guy. See what you got. Maybe a hit on him. I mean, look at what the Eagles did with Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles was on the street. They brought him in to back up Carson Wentz. The guy won a Super Bowl MVP. And I'm not saying that's going to be the case in Washington, but you see. And if it's a low risk thing and it doesn't work out, you cut him. If it works out, you look like a genius. So I think with Adrian Peterson, just give it some time, see if he could be the guy. And if it doesn't work, you move on. Shock you right now. The Cleveland Browns have been a fascinating story on the HBO Hard Knocks. Also, at the time, we're talking one of their players, linebacker Michael Kendricks from the Super Bowl winning Eagles, came over as a free agent. He is being prosecuted for insider training by the feds, by the Securities and Exchange Commission. He released a statement. Uh, they're not going to play him in the last preseason game. Probably not going to play very much anyway, but his situation is up in the air, too. So the Browns always have something going on. Does it surprise you Des Bryant did not sign with Cleveland, and apparently as the regular season is going to begin, Des Bryant is not on a roster at age 29? Kevin, quick comment. Does it surprise me? No. I mean, there's got to be something wrong if nobody wants him. You know, this guy was one of the top receivers in the game, and, and now he's, he's declined so quickly that no one wants him. All these silly TV shows in the morning, all they do is obsess about him, I feel like, and nobody wants him. So I think the only team that did want him was the Ravens, and he didn't want to sign there. So I think that, no, it doesn't surprise me, because I say, well, if, if he was that good, somebody would take a shot at him. I mean, Adrian Peterson got a job before Des Bryant did, you know? So I just think that it's not surprising at all that if no one wants him, then too bad. We will see if he ends up with a team as the regular season begins. But at the time we're talking, didn't sign with the Browns yet. Uh, maybe the Jaguars, who had a bad knee injury to Marquise Lee, don't have a lot of veteran receivers. They're a playoff team a year ago. Maybe they want him. Maybe not. We will find out. All right, so there's the NFL as they're putting the preseason to bed. We'll talk NFL games and the, the Eagles with the opener upcoming uh, next week on Three Dog Thursday and the New England Patriots, obviously, with the ageless Tom Brady at the helm and the first weekend slate of NFL football that will be coming up next week. We do have the college game uh, to get to, so let's begin full onslaught of games. There are a lot of outstanding ones all over the board as this weekend begins. Uh, you're talking about national matchups, uh, Michigan-Notre Dame renewing their rivalry. Uh, LSU and Miami are going to play on Sunday night. You've got Washington visiting Auburn. Uh, Alabama opens up in a neutral site game with Louisville. Uh, on and on down the list, all the way to Monday night, Labor Day night in Florida State and Virginia Tech. So our charge on this show is to come up with three underdogs every week from you and from me. I give you the college week one slate and give me an underdog to start us off, Kevin Rogers. All right, right out of the gate for me, my first underdog will be the Maryland Terrapins against Texas. Wow. And I know that... A lot of people will look at it, oh, Maryland, all the problems they're having. Hold on a second. I always like taking teams that if their head coach did what he did or allegedly did, DJ Durkin, and maybe players aren't a fan of his or what, or if they are, they're rallying around him, whatever the case may be, that they're going to I really do believe can for Texas. This is a major revenge game. They gave up 51 points to Maryland in Austin last year, lost 51 to 41, all right, as 17 or 18 point home favorites. Now, in that game, Texas scored 41. Great, right? No, three of those touchdowns were non offensive. They had a blocked field goal they returned. I think they had a punt return and another non offensive touchdown. So, really, the offense wasn't great in that game. Maryland ran all over them. 
So Maryland has a disrespect of being a double-digit underdog. Now you look at Texas, the expectations are elevated in Tom Herman's second season. Now all of a sudden, he's getting some guff about the Zach Smith situation when he was back at Ohio State with the strip club, so now he's got to deal with that, mm. too. And I just look at it at Texas, yeah, they're better than Maryland. They're laying two touchdowns. But I think in this situation, I think that you could look at the Terrapins coming right out of the gate that for all uh, for the offseason, that, that's been the offseason from hell, it seems like, that you have a player that died on the field and with their, the coaching problem in flux, the trainer that got let go, and just all this other stuff. So I think they'll come out and play well. I really do. That I'll take the points there with Maryland. Maryland now, you got to remind yourselves, Maryland in the Big Ten, not in the ACC anymore, even though it's years later. It's Matt Canada who is the interim coach while DJ Durkin remains on paid leave. There's a lot of speculation that Durkin may be fired at some point. Doesn't look like it heading towards the weekend. It won't be a week one story uh, for him with that. So we'll see what the Terrapins look like. I got a lot of I got a lot of optimism for the season that Texas is going to have. Do you think Maryland can win the game or just keep it close at around thirteen points, something like that? They are at home. I, I, it would be a shock if Texas loses this game under those circumstances. Do you think Maryland can pull the outright win? I'll be honest with you. I had Texas last year in that game. Okay, so I'm thinking, all right, Tom Herman's first game, the offense is really going to show up. They're going to be good. I did not think Maryland at all could win that game, and look what they did. It wouldn't surprise me if, it, if it, Maryland beat them again. It really wouldn't, just because this isn't Alabama-Louisville, or this isn't like one of these other games that it's just I, – I would be shocked if that happened. I wouldn't be shocked if Maryland won this game. I really wouldn't. I mean, if Texas beats my three touchdowns, then I'm wrong. But I, I'm not going to say that Maryland's just going to, hey, it wouldn't shock me if Maryland beat them. All right, the voice of Kevin Rogers, TJ Reeves with you. It is Three Dog Thursday. This portion of the show, by the way, is brought to you by Vivid Seats. It's an online ticket event marketplace. They are proud sponsors with us here as part of Three Dog Thursday. And, of course, we've got underdog picks rolling along. I've got another college underdog pick that I'm about to make here in a few moments. And you can watch those underdog picks hit in person, attending your college football or NFL game of your choice. Thanks to Vivid Seats. Just go to vividseats.com, download the uh, the app as well, and use that promo code 3DOG. Our promo code is the number 3 and D-O-G, 3DOG. They have extended the offer for our promo code all the way through August. All Vivid Seats are 100% guaranteed. What you're seeing online is actually there. So, again, uh, take advantage. You can cheer for your team in person, and you've got a chance to be there by uh, by going on Vivid Seats, go to vividseats.com, download the app, and again, you've got a chance to take 10% off your order for any of the games. NFL, college football, they've got games all over the place for this weekend. When you're looking to purchase, use the promo code 3DOG, and that offer is good through September. They'll help you get tickets to all your favorite events, college football, the NFL concerts, and other shows. You can be part of the crowd. Just go check it out and take 10% off with the promo code 3DOG, Vivid Seats, vividseats.com, and the Vivid Seats app. So, Kevin, you have gone with an underdog out of the Big Ten. The Big 12 has a lot of high hopes. We mentioned Baker Mayfield before. Mayfield now gone to the NFL after winning the Heisman Trophy, putting Oklahoma into the college football playoff where they lost a thrilling double overtime game to Georgia in the Rose Bowl. Sooners are back with Lincoln Riley's second year as the coach. Remember, he was named, he was elevated to the head coach from offensive coordinator right on the eve of the season. Bob Stoops quit in like late July, early early August, right? 
right as practice was beginning a year ago. So this is the second full year now for Lincoln Riley to have the program. Kyler Murray is the quarterback that replaces Baker Mayfield. Murray's got a great choice, much much like Kevin Rogers with all of his multi-million dollar choices. Murray uh, was drafted by the Oakland A's this summer and received a multi-million dollar guaranteed offer to pitch for them, and he has not taken the deal as of yet. He is quarterbacking for Oklahoma in this game with Florida Atlantic. The Fighting Lane Kiffins come to the FAU as their hashtag. Uh, I saw this team uh, a year ago in the Conference USA Championship game did play-by-play of their CUSA title game win over North Texas. They got better and better as the year went on. They've got an outstanding running back, the Conference USA Player of the Year a year ago in Devin Singletary, Motor Singletary as he's known. Uh, They play the high up-tempo offense. Kiffin has had all offseason to point to this game. I know it is in Norman. But to me, it is a lot of points. I don't know that they're going to win, but I like Florida Atlantic's ability to score. And Kevin Rogers, I am going to take them against the Sooners with a new quarterback trying to figure some things out in game number one. Give me FAU. Give me FAU to hang in there. Uh, do you have a thought on Oklahoma without Baker Mayfield here in this uh, in this opening matchup? Well, honestly, no. I have no idea what Kyler Murray can do. But, you know, for FAU, that – we saw what Lane Kippen did, and I mean, early on, I know they struggled a bit last year in some non-conference games, but they were able to put it together, and he's building something. And and I I will say I am very surprised that he's back for season two. I thought that he would really you know be gone after season one and winning Conference USA and winning their bowl game. I really believe that he was going to bail, but you know what? I'm credit that he ended up staying with FAU and uh, you know see what they can do, but. You know, yeah, Oklahoma's got a brand new quarterback, and FAU's got some confidence definitely going in. It's not the FAU teams of old, so you know we'll see if they can uh, if they can hang around in this game. We will find out. And again, a year ago they uh, they lost at home to Navy out of conference to FAU. They went and got clobbered at Wisconsin, then lost a wild overtime game to Buffalo. So they lost all three of their non-conference games, and then turned around and went unbeaten in Conference USA, ran the table and won the conference championship game and then won their bowl game. So, I mean, we'll see. And they've got to decide who the quarterback is for uh, for FAU. But there's going to be a lot of showcase for Lane Kiffin this weekend. I will take the FAU Owls and the 21 points. Um, all right, so Kevin, stand by. We'll come back and have you back with us to make some more underdog predictions. Two more coming from you in college football. Two more from me as well. I think both of us may go with a couple of those big-time matchups that we're going to be seeing this weekend. It's just great to have football back. It's great to have you folks with us as you're part of Three Dog Thursday. Much more on the way. Stay with us. The dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is T.J. Reeves. Back in again. I always love getting with Kevin Rogers of uh, VegasInsider.com, senior handicapper. He's going to tell you more about Vegas Insider coming up. And football is here. And it is our latest edition of Three Dog Thursday kicking off season number four that Kevin and I have been doing this. And so we're thrilled to be back with you for another year, whether you found us through RadioInfluence.com 
Subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Rank the show. Uh, spread the word about the show. As you rank it, more people will see the show, uh, etc. And you, I, you and I are charged with picking underdogs. No NFL underdogs. We're not messing with the NFL preseason games that are being played on Thursday night. Instead, we are going with college football underdogs. And next week is week one of the National Football League games to mix in. We'll do some combination of three underdog picks every week. So you have already selected the Maryland Terrapins as your first underdog in segment one. I went FAU Owls against Oklahoma at Norman to at least keep it close. That means you are up again. We've got two underdogs each still to go on this show. So Kevin, to hop back into this first weekend of a full weekend of college football, not week zero, but week one now, give me another underdog that you like and why. I will go with the Louisville Cardinals. They're playing Alabama, and I know I mentioned in the first segment that I don't think Louisville's beating Alabama, but regardless, getting 24.5 points, I can take 24.5 points, and if they win by three touchdowns, Alabama, I still cover. So that's fine with me. Obviously, the number one story in this game, well, there's a couple storylines, but from the Louisville side, Lamar Jackson not being there. Okay, He's in the NFL. He won the Heisman. He was great there. But I look at Bobby Petrino. And regardless of what kind of person he is, as far as a coach, I feel like it's a system guy that he can plug in. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson is all system, but he can plug in another quarterback that can get the job done and at least keep this offense kind of moving along. And Louisville's still an ACC team. You know, they're not a bunch of schleps. They're still, they're still a good team out of that conference. And Alabama's got these quarterback issues, and understandably that the Crimson Tide that they win with their running game, they win with their defense, they win because they have Nick Saban, that the quarterbacks just have to make mistakes. You know, you don't have you don't have great quarterbacks out of Alabama. You have guys that are game managers, it feels like, and right now they don't know who the game manager is. And, you know, is it Tua? You know, he helped win the national championship last year against Georgia. Is it Jalen Hurts? We don't know. I just look at Alabama, not that they're a mess at all. They're still the best team in the country. But coming off a national championship, you're 24 and a half point favorites. You're unsure about the quarterback position. Like, really, how motivated are you just to blow this team out? That, that's why I really wonder that Louisville has much more motivation in this game than Alabama does. Alabama oh. can just cruise along. They know they just got to pick up wins. I mean, look at this. Alabama lost to Auburn last year and still got into the college football playoff. They were supposed to be knocked out. They still made it play in the SEC championship, and they still made it to the national championship and still won the national championship. So this, I just think there's too many points to lay. I think people are overvaluing or uh, Lamar Jackson not being there, or I guess undervaluing, depending on which way you look at it. But i got to take the points over Louisville. Well, and for uh, Petrino's Cardinals out of the ACC, there are, you know, there are a lot of people predicting them to be way down uh, in, uh, in the ACC, again, without Lamar Jackson, as you mentioned. But the first games are always interesting. And this game, neutral field, it's not in Tuscaloosa, it's in Orlando for the matchup. So let's see if the Cardinals can hang in uh, with the Tide. You believe both quarterbacks, I heard you say both their names, both quarterbacks will play, or do you think Tua Tonga-Vailoa is going to basically be the guy for much of this game? No, I'm not sure who it's going to be. I was just mentioning the names. I'm right. not sure who it's going to be, but more of my point was you have two guys that you don't have Sam Darnold out there. You know, You don't have Josh Rosen. You don't have Baker Mayfield, you know, one of these guys is going to throw for 400 yards. They don't do that at Alabama. They just don't concentrate on the passing game. They run the ball. They have a bunch of bruisers back there that will run for 200 yards. So I just think that you have a bunch of you have two game managers. You don't know who it's going to be, but 
you know, that's something Nick Saban's got to deal with. And if it's kind of a, you know, a trial, trial and error process with who his quarterback's going to be, you know, he's got time. I mean, Alabama's all season before they get to the college football playoff to do, and they'll still be fine and not blow teams out. I have a feeling we may see both of those guys, and Alabama has Arkansas State next week. We may see both of those guys play in this game and both of those guys play in the Arkansas State game as well, just to kind of keep them both active, fresh, Make sure if you have to go to Hertz, for example, if needed, uh, that that would work out as well uh, for Saban down the road. All right, so you will take Louisville and uh, the points in that one. I will go for a second underdog all the way out to the Hawaiian Islands. And look, they've been dealing with a historic hurricane, Hurricane Lane that was out there in the uh, in the Pacific uh, that has done a lot of damage to the Hawaiian Islands. Thankfully, it did not come ashore. It simply did damage uh, circulating off of the Hawaiian Islands, but they've been they've been dealing with that over the last couple of weeks. And in fact, last weekend, as the hurricane was approaching, the Hawaii Rainbows were on the mainland in Week Zero, playing against Colorado State out of the Mountain West Conference in Fort Collins, Colorado, opening the season as a twenty-seven point underdog. Uh, Colorado State heavily favored at home, and Hawaii put it on them. In last week's upset, one of the upsets maybe of the year, an outright win. At one point in that game last week, Hawaii was up 37-7 in the opener at Fort Collins. They eventually won 43-34 at the end of things. Um, Nick Rolovich is the coach. He's a former Hawaii quarterback. They've got a kid named Cole McDonald. Not old McDonald, but Cole McDonald can throw the football. They were using the shovel pass. He was throwing the bombs. He threw for 400 yards in the game last week. So here's another thing I like to hit on, Kevin, is Hawaii has played a game, and now they are coming back home to play against Navy, who's always got that triple option. Uh, Ken Nuamatalola is the coach. Uh, who's of Hawaiian descent and played at the University of Hawaii, is bringing the midshipmen all the way out for their opener. I'm a big believer in a team having played a game and having success against a team that hasn't played a game yet. That's an advantage. And Hawaii now in this game getting 10 points against the Navy midshipmen, a late-night Saturday night game. I'm going to take the Rainbow Warriors. They're going to be fired up. Uh, for this one, for their home opener, Navy's got to go all the way out uh, five, six time zones, actually six time zones away at the moment behind Eastern time. The game is not until 11 Eastern time Saturday night. Give me Hawaii, uh, and, uh, and and let's see what the Rainbow Warriors can do as a follow-up. Uh, are you, just as a general rule, are you a big believer like I am that a team that played a game already is at that big of an advantage over a team that is yet to play in college football? You know, I can see the point of I'll, – I'll put it to you this way, okay? And even though this game is on Thursday night and, you know, we're looking at Saturday, I do like New Mexico State. We're not using that as one of my underdogs, but here's my point. New Mexico State got blown out by Wyoming in the opener, okay? They're going to Minnesota and getting three touchdowns. And I look at that and I say that's a great spot for a team that didn't play well and they'll probably – now play better because they were so bad the week before, but at least they have that game under their belts and Minnesota hasn't played yet. And when I look at Hawaii and Navy, that Hawaii played extremely well in their opener, and now I wonder if they could duplicate that. That's the only thing that scares me. As someone who played as well as they did, now you're coming back home and you're playing a completely different type of team that Colorado State wants to throw the ball and Navy is run, 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 run. Navy will throw the ball five times maybe that whole game. 
Hawaii can throw the ball in Navy, but the, the thing I'm afraid of, though, is Navy running the ball, how much they run, run, run. And if, and if Hawaii can't stop that, then it'll be a problem. All right, we will find out if it will be a high-scoring game or not. Again, a Saturday late, late night game. I will take Hawaii as my second underdog. We've still got another underdog to get from Kevin. And from me, uh, we want to tell you about another sponsor on Three Dog Thursday, and that is My Bookie. Uh, get a chance to get a hold of My Bookie and the guys online with there, and you've got the opportunity if you know whether it's our underdogs or even if you're going to go with the favorites. Now, we only do underdogs on this show. You've got the opportunity to be part of My Bookie uh, to put those bets down. Don't forget. Uh, to use that website and take advantage of them. They pay. They pay quickly. They have in-game live betting. Uh, They have great player perks. We've got a promo code there as well. They're going to match your deposit dollar for dollar when you sign up with the promo code 3DOG. So you can go to MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. Use the promo code 3DOG. They'll match you dollar for dollar. They pay out quickly. You never have any hassles with that. You play, you win, you get paid with MyBookie. So, again, as the football season gets underway, you've got a lot of options and a lot of opportunities. We recommend here as part of 3Dog Thursday, use our friends at MyBookie for your payout. And, again, that dollar for dollar deposit offer is with the promo code 3DOG, the number 3 and D-O-G. Enter that promo code in and then you will get that uh, that great offer from my bookie again uh, utilize them this weekend for college football for the NFL starting up as well they've been in business for years they have great reviews online lay down some cash win big you play you win you get paid with my bookie all right so you uh, have gone for two underdogs with at this point Maryland and Louisville give me one more on 3 dog thursday kevin rogers all right, I'll go with the Cincinnati Bearcats. They are headed to UCLA to take on the Bruins. They're getting over two touchdowns. And Chip Kelly's the new head coach of UCLA, but he doesn't have Josh Rosen as his quarterback. So Chip Kelly will do very good things at UCLA eventually. That I don't doubt. But again, it's like I talked about with Texas. That is a matter for this week. All right, if UCLA ends up going to the Pac-12 championship, if they don't cover against Cincinnati, that's all I care about. So UCLA, they, they suspended a few players before the game. They have a new quarterback this year trying to install Chip Kelly's new system. Now, Cincinnati's no prom queen, all right? This was a team that wasn't very good in the American last season. But they're also in Luke Fickle's second season as head coach. He's trying to get that offense together a bit. UCLA, they've had some struggles in their openers last few years. Remember last year they got down big to Texas A&M, I know. Yeah, Jim Moore is the coach. You had Josh Rosen at quarterback, so you had different pieces there. But they had a lot of struggles right out of the gate, and they had to make that massive comeback to be Texas A&M. And here they're playing a team that you're probably not really that fired up to play in Cincinnati. And I think for the Bearcats, you get to go to L.A., you get to go to the Rose Bowl to play in your opener. I just think that in this situation that you're getting enough points with a team that and UCLA will be motivated. I'm not saying they're not, but you know it's asking a lot for them to cover over two touchdowns with an uncertain quarterback situation, a new head coach, and a team like Cincinnati that was coming off a pad season last year. Well, and for the Bearcats, they got to figure out who their quarterback is as well. And this one, let the record reflect. You and I love the American Athletic Conference. I went against an AAC team taking Hawaii against Navy. You're going to go with one on week one with Cincinnati at the Rose Bowl. And you're right. For Chip Kelly, it's probably going to be a work in progress. Building blocks for them. They'll open this up at the Rose Bowl. Traditionally, they don't have very big crowds 
uh, you know, Labor Day weekend and preschool being in session at the beginning of the year. And so instead of 85, 90,000 or something in the Rose Bowl, it may be half full for this game with Cincinnati on Saturday night. So you'll take them and uh, and the points. Uh, you know, there's some other interesting games we could have gone. We haven't really talked Michigan and Notre Dame. That's a huge one that'll be nationally televised on NBC Saturday night. Miami and LSU are playing at AT&T Stadium on Sunday night as a national TV game. We already touched on Alabama. We don't really Jake Browning and Washington coming to Auburn, coming east to take on the Auburn Tigers in the SEC. That's another fascinating game. We're staying away from all of those. I will go to Monday night, to Labor Day night, and Florida State and Virginia Tech, the beginning of the Willie Taggart era. Taggart, the former Western Kentucky player and coach, later coached at USF in Tampa, where I'm based. You're based down in South Florida. Got to see a lot of Willie Taggart up close. Had kind of a meteoric rise from Western Kentucky to USF. Ends up taking them to a bowl game, having a 10-win season, then leaves a year ago to go to Oregon at Oregon, trying to stabilize things, replacing Mark Helfrich. Uh, he ends up having a seven-win regular season, Taggart, but then bolts before the bowl game and takes the Florida State job when Jimbo Fisher had taken off for Texas A&M. So Taggart is at FSU. He grew up a Florida State fan, rooting for those uh, Derek Brooks, War- Warwick Dunn, Bobby Bowden, Florida State teams. He's now the FSU coach. They've named DeAndre Francois as the starting quarterback, Kevin, this week. Uh, Francois injured his uh, knee in the game uh, a year ago. The opener with Alabama missed the entire rest of the season. So Francois back healthy after knee surgery and is now named the starter again. Outstanding running back in Cam Akers. But I think Virginia Tech might have something for them here. you got new coaching staff at FSU. They're installing a different offense. Walt Bell, the offensive coordinator, putting the up-tempo spread in. FSU may have some struggles in this game. Virginia Tech's got a lot of guys back on defense. They've got their quarterback back in Josh Jackson. The Justin Fuente is a good coach, even though I'm still a little bitter at him at leaving my Memphis Tigers for Virginia Tech a couple of years ago. But I think on Labor Day night, Virginia Tech can keep it close. They may very well win this game. I am going to take seven points and the Hokies in an ACC opener. We do have some conference games this weekend. And one of them is Virginia Tech and Florida State. I think Virginia Tech hangs in. I'll take the 7.5 against Florida State. Do you have a quick opinion overall on Willie Taggart taking over FSU? Will they be greatly improved this year? What do you think? I don't know about greatly improved, but just from a personality standpoint, if Jimbo Fisher didn't want to be there anymore, he'd have to be there. And Texas A&M gave him $75 million, so go take it. I mean, the positive of Willie Taggart is that like you mentioned, him being a Florida State fan growing up, him being a Florida native is very helpful for recruiting and, and things like that. And I just think that, you know, you needed to get a guy that had some kind of association with that region. And he has that. And, look, I'm sure Oregon fans aren't thrilled he was there for a year and left. But, you know, that was a dream job for him. Oregon is a good job, but he didn't expect FSU to be open two years ago when he left USF. Obviously, he would have never gone to Oregon. But uh, I think you know I think it'll work out. It's going to take some time, and and DeAndre Francois should be the starting quarterback. I mean, his, he was a guy that had a great freshman year, unfortunately got injured towards the end of that Alabama game last year, and they sort of got the quarterback situation right, and, and that was the problem. But Francois, I think, is the guy. I think that's the the right move going into Week One. 
Well, James Blackman was the freshman that played a bunch a year ago, and now he uh, he will be the backup here in this case. And Florida State's got the outstanding running back Cam Akers. Let's see how he performs in this matchup coming up with Virginia Tech. That's the Labor Day night national television game from Dope Campbell Stadium. By the way, the Knowles have announced they're going to wear black-on-black uniforms in this first game of the Willie Taggart era, and the helmet will be mostly black. Are you cool with uh, with black on black instead of garnet and gold for Florida State. I know you're a Florida State guy and a Florida State alum. Are you cool with black on black? It's the fifth time they've ever done it, the first time in four seasons. You good with that? I mean, I don't know about the first game. I mean, I get it because Nash <laughs> televised his first game. But you know what? I can't be one of these, like, uniform people. Whatever happens, if they win with it, great. If they lose with it, they got to dump it. I think it's as simple as that. If they win with it, you know, you can maybe keep it going, but you lose with it, you got to dump it. I still love the programs like USC and Penn State that, you know, like refuse to to sell out for the uniform stuff. Florida State did years ago. But uh, the tradition of what Notre Dame looks like or Ohio State looks like or Texas – UCLA in those uniforms, uh, almost all of them have now begun to change it around, and Florida State will do that coming up. And again, uh, Notre Dame and Michigan renewing that rivalry this weekend, too. We'll see how that game plays out. My friend, we got a bevy of college football to get underway, some 60 games, something like that being played this weekend. And then the NFL will join in next week. You ready for the footballs to go flying on this Labor Day weekend, Kevin? Yeah, let's just end this preseason stuff. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, get rid of the NFL. And by the way, for the best information, tell them a little more real quick about Vegas Insider because there's a lot of details as we've been giving them on this show, a lot of info, a lot of insight they can get from Vegas Insider on all sports, not just football, right? Absolutely. I mean, we cover everything. And, you know, basketball season coming up in about a month and a half. You know, we're right in the stretch run for baseball. But obviously college football and NFL are the focus. We have a lot of conference reports, ACC Big 12, Pac-12, SEC previews for the big games coming up on Saturday. And then once we transition into week one for the NFL, we have plenty of content for uh, the National Football League, as well as you know, free odds you can check out. You can find our handicapper picks as well. You can check us out on Twitter at TwitBI. There's just so much going on now. Now we're really uh, full crank mode with uh, football coming up right now. All right, well, we'll see how it all begins to play out. Again, go to VegasInsider.com for that uh, info. And again, you can follow them at TwitVI on Twitter. Follow this guy at VI Rogers for Vegas Insider at VI Rogers. Follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Oh, I'm going to hit you off the cuff. I didn't ask you for college football playoff Final Four teams. Uh, are we both in agreement that Alabama and Clemson will be two of them? We both agree that Alabama and Clemson, when it's all said and done, will be in the college football playoff. You agree with me on that? Sure, yeah. All right. Who are the other two then? Is it Penn State that a lot of people are high on? Is it Oklahoma without Baker Mayfield? Uh, does Ohio State, who's loaded uh, at, at, uh, with talent, but the Urban Meyer controversy and suspension, is it another team that rises out of the SEC like Georgia? Uh, who else might join them? Do you have another playoff team or two to throw out there? I I kind I, I kind of like uh, the Georgia Bulldogs to be back there again. I just worry about their quarterback Jake Fromm. Do you have any other college football playoff predictions? It seems like Alabama and Clemson have the engraved invitations, don't they? They're, they've been there each of the last three years, so I'm picking them again. Anybody? Maybe Washington and Jake Browning out of the Pac-12. Big game with Auburn this weekend. Is it maybe Notre Dame that finds their way in? Is there somebody else? 
I, you know what? Even though obviously it all hinges on this weekend, I'm going to throw Washington in there. If they can end up beating Auburn, then I think they have a very good chance to go. I'm just honestly with Georgia. I think they blew it last year. They blew their opportunity, and teams that do that, I think the next year you see in the NFL all the time, you saw with the Falcons, like it, you blow it, like you're not going to win it the next year. I really believe in that, that it's very hard to have such a tough loss in the championship and then just come back and be fine the next year. I'm not saying Georgia's going to be a 75 team. But at the same time, I can't see them finishing the final four. I really think somewhere, I don't know who the fourth team is, I really don't. But Georgia, I just can't buy into them because they were that close to winning a championship and they blew it. I think it's going to really hurt them this year. We haven't mentioned the name Bryce Love running the ball for Stanford. Does Stanford win the Pac-12 or does Washington win the Pac-12? We haven't mentioned West Virginia on this show. They open up with Tennessee. They've got Will Greer at quarterback, a lot of talented offensive players. Do they maybe win the Big 12 and get in the playoff? We're about to find out with all the games. Kevin, I always love chatting with you. Enjoy all the football this week. I can't wait until we talk NFL and college football next week on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it, TJ. We're ready to rock and roll. There is senior handicapper uh, Kevin Rogers, VegasInsider.com. I'm TJ Reeves. Kevin has got Maryland, Cincinnati, and Louisville this weekend in college football as his underdogs. I'll go Florida Atlantic, Hawaii, and Monday night, Virginia Tech. Enjoy all the games. Again, follow this show at Three Dog Thursday. Find out more at ThreeDogThursday.com. And if you found this show, whether it's Radio Influence or wherever you found it, subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. For Kevin Rogers, I'm TJ Reeves. Thanks for being with us as part of the College Football Weekend kickoff for Labor Day weekend and Three Dog Thursday. Bye. This is a Rush the Field quick fix on Radio Influence. Number six, Washington. Number nine, Auburn, the Chick-fil-A kickoff at Mercedes-Benz Stadium where the roof is going to open and close and they got that whole thing figured out. And because it's a Saturday, Chick-fil-A is going to be open, so everyone's going to be happy there in the stadium. But tell me why this game has college football playoff implications. Well, first of all, you say everybody's got that figured out. I don't know if Auburn, Auburn's got that stadium figured out. I mean, they lose the bowl game to Central Florida. They lose to Georgia. I mean, <laughs> they've lost their last three games in that stadium, so I'm not quite sure how excited they are to be there. I'm just kidding. They, they are going to be excited. This Auburn team, to me, is very talented. I think Jared Stidham is uh, one of the top quarterbacks in the country this year. Chris. He is. I, I think he is. In, and he would get my, you know, we talk about the, the Heisman vote right now and, and Bryce Love before. I, I think Stidham should absolutely be up there in terms of preseason favorites. He's a talented guy. Uh, he is the most talented guy of the quarterbacks in the SEC. Um, he's the most talented going into the season, and I'm very excited to see what he can do this year. I think this is a great defense, a great defensive line, and I think that's going to be where the matchup is going to be most fun to watch uh, on film is to see how Washington's offensive line matches up against Auburn's defensive line. That's a real key. For Auburn, it's about the offensive line. They're replacing so many guys in their running game. That's the question mark I have for them. I do think that I look at Washington, and I know what I'm going to get with Washington. I know that they're well-coached, they're physical, Jake Browning took a step back last year. Miles Gaskin's a really good back. Uh, they lose some a lot of guys off that that Washington team. Auburn's the more talented team. Mm-hmm. If Auburn, if both teams play their best game, Auburn wins this game by ten, maybe fourteen points. Rush the field with Scott Seidenberg and Chris Landry can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, and RadioInfluence.com.